Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But it also lets you, like for me when I read that, I'm like, okay, this is valid for me to feel this way. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way. Or I know shaming yourself or feeling a certain way is never helpful. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations Brewing. Hey, everyone. I'm excited for this episode. We're going to dive into a fun topic that Ravisha and I love to dive into, which is personality tests. I know if for anything like us, we love talking about personalities and personality traits. And um, as like we both have a psychology background, we've taken so many personality tests over the years. And um, so we're really excited to talk about um, personalities today. Yeah, everything like zodiac signs, personalities, we try to use it to guide our life, our decisions. So there are two parts of it is one that yes, we love to do it. And two, interestingly or not interestingly. So Ravisha and I have a lot of overlap in our personality types. And then also as I don't know if we ever mentioned this in one of our episodes, maybe we did, but our birthdays are two days apart in April. So we're both Aries too. So, you know, you can add that into the mix of our personality traits. But also on top of that, what's so funny is like, even though we will have like, like we're both Aries and we're both the same in it, Enneagram and stuff um our person like the way our personality I guess displays sometimes is like so different so it's like on on paper we're like the same but like how we actually act and stuff is like completely different which I also find very interesting yeah I feel like that's why for the you and I we've gotten along so well for all of these years because to like the core internal states are so similar But I think externally for a lot of people, sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, how do they, how do they get along or how are they best friends? Because like we externally show up in the world is a lot different, Um, which I also think goes back to, I don't know if you've done for your Zodiac, the like sun, moon, rising, all that. Uh But yeah, I was actually like at um, the wedding two weeks ago, getting everyone to look up their sun, moon, and rising to like understand themselves. But one of them, um, the moon is actually how you like internally perceive yourself, like your internal world. And then like your rising was like how the world perceives you. So for the both of us, it makes me think about it that way, that internally we get along, like our internal states are so similar. So we get along and really jive, but externally people perceive us to be different. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think I did look up what my moon rising was and stuff once but I can't remember off the top of my head what it is okay well we need to do a different episode yeah (laughs) yeah we um we're the type of people that will send like like all these Aries memes to each other and like oh my god that's so true that's such that's so us like we're pretty obsessed with it like to the point that 
even before I got married, I had to do a deep dive because my husband is an Aquarius and I'm an Aries of like, are they compatible? And then I had to make sure Enneagram types were compatible and our Myers-Briggs types. I mean, he actually checked all the boxes and very, it, it was comforting, but all of them, it was like, oh, an Aries is perfect with an Aquarius and an ENFP is perfect with an INTJ. So I was like, okay, cool. We can get married. But even with Rubisha on dates, like if she's telling me about a guy, we have to look up his, 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 his Aquarius, or not Aquarius, his Zodiac sign. Yeah. I, yeah, we definitely look to see if, if there's some compatibility there. <laughs> and have it any other way. Um, okay. So we'll just like kind of um, start off by just defining what an Enneagram is. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this. I feel like over the past couple of years, um, I don't know if you would agree with me, Divya, but like a lot more people are talking about Enneagrams yeah. and like how, um, and like their personality type. So um, that's why we kind of wanted to talk about it today as well, because I think it's like a lot more apparent these days and people are like taking more of these tests. But an Enneagram is defined as a system of personality typing that describes patterns and how people interpret the world and manage their emotions. So it kind of is like a good, like maybe if you don't know how you would describe yourself or how like maybe um, with other people, you don't know how to describe yourself. Like this kind of test kind of tells you what kind of type you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a part, I feel it's definitely a newer personality test that's been coming out. Um, And I think that people really like these tests and myself included is because it helps you like make sense of your own personality. It feels good to read something on paper and be like, oh my gosh, that was written for me. So I think that's why people really uh, kind of identify themselves with these personality tests because you feel seen almost. And so, yeah, this is a test I definitely felt really seen by. And you can easily take this test. Like if you just Google Enneagram test like you know there's a bunch on there and so if you're ever like curious to know like more how you'd be like defined as and stuff like and there's always a a lot of descriptions and stuff about what each type is as well so it's really helpful I feel like sometimes when you're like maybe trying to figure some part of you out and you're unsure yeah do you want to break down for all our listeners what the nine types are yeah so there are nine types and it goes perfectionist helper, achiever, individualist, investigator, loyalist, enthusiast, and challenger. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, although they don't specifically define your personality and who you are, it's more of like, um, like category, categorizing like, a sp- like what you are more of. So like, may- you might be a perfectionist, but that doesn't mean you have, you don't have helper or, or achiever qualities. Um, there's just, you're sometimes maybe more one than the other. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, kind of like the roles that you end up taking on too. Like your Enneagram type comes out a lot when you're in different like relationships because you end up doing like for the both of us. I mean, I'll let Ravisha tell you all actually what we are. (laughs) Um, yeah. So the both of us are the type two, um, which is the helper funny enough. Um, And I guess like a little bit about the helper to define it is that um, we're pretty empathetic and we're always like caring for the people around us. And, you know, a lot of like self-sacrifice behaviors is like what we're like known for. So like if anyone needs a helping hand, like we're the first to like make sure we're like helping out. Um, And it's like also like um, the empathy that we feel for others is like, May, this type of personality type just feels it sometimes more strongly than the other personality types. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. There was this one quote that when I was looking up some of the stuff that I read that really reminded me of us, it was basically just like as natural givers, they're generous with their time and energy with a glowing hope to bring out the best in others, which that I think just really speaks to us both in the core, like not only bringing out the best in each other and our friendships, but in our, our friendship with each other, but our friendships too. Like we always try seeing the best in people and that can be a really great quality about us. It can also be a flawed quality in the way that we like are like, oh, everyone has good intentions. But I think the empathy is something that is a really strong de- defining, defining a part of the helper too. Yeah, um, going off that too, it's something we both resonate with a lot, like being the empathizer. I think we both struggle with sometimes almost giving ourselves to other people more than to ourselves a lot of the times. And like, I, as we've mentioned in past episodes as well, like that's something something we're working on is trying to sometimes put ourselves as more of a focus than other people. And it's like not a bad thing, obviously, to like care for others and empathize with them. But what it does to like people like Divi and I, like is it kind of drains us emotionally sometimes. So if like when we're giving up the people around us way more than we can handle, that's when like we feel drained and can't like emotionally like be there for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when there's not reciprocity in the relationship, because I think with people who don't have like the type to like helper empath kind of personalities, not saying that other people who don't have that don't cannot do this. But I think that we have a lot more of a tolerance of, okay, I don't feel like this relationship is even or there's not that much reciprocity. We keep giving like a benefit of the doubt, which I know we've talked about a lot is that being a weakness and looking at the best in people, but that can leave us feeling drained too. Cause it's like, okay, one more time I'm going to help one more time. I'm going to let this slide one more time. I'm going to let this person disrespect my boundaries, but then it keeps adding on to these one more times to the point that we're like, I'm drained. Yeah. And something about these, like, personality types as well like Divya mentioned like her and Roger different types but then you know they work together that was a couple being these different types like it's sometimes like a good way to determine if um you need to understand your partner's needs and your partner needs to understand your needs by like kind of breaking it down like this I think like um any article out there really but we'll also link the one that we used for today's episode but it helps break down like how a certain personality type feels in certain situations. And sometimes like you can't communicate that because it's hard for you to do so, or you're not really realizing it yourself. And so like, that's what kind of like these personality type tests like define more. So like for other people that maybe understand you as well, when you don't really know how to like communicate that. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it's like, we can also kind of understand and have empathy in a way we already have empathy we're type twos but have more empathy for people and what they're going through one thing that I had found um that actually when I had read this it really helped me understand too maybe the people around me which it is the way that people make their decisions uh and it was like the Enneagram types were put into three different categories with the gut like making decisions based on gut 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 our instinct intuition another with heart and like your emotions and how you feel and the other was head so like thinking and logic um and with the gut and like the instincts the types 
eight, nine, and one make decisions typically based on their gut feelings. And then heart with their emotions types two, obviously us <laughs> three and four make decisions based on how they feel. And then how people, and then based on people's like mind and their logic, the types five, six, and seven typically make decisions based on that more. So honestly, when I read that, that made me feel a little like I understood that too, because Raj is like a type a nine and a wing eight. And he makes a lot of decisions based on like, oh, well, no, I just know it has to be this way. And a lot of the time I'm like, how? But he's doing it based on instinct. So when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. So maybe it can also help us empathize and understand that other people think differently and that's okay. Yeah, um, that's a really good breakdown, Divya, that you just went through. Because sometimes like for me, like, yeah, I am definitely the heart type like feeling like I like definitely think with my heart most of my most of the time like emotionally and stuff and when maybe I'm trying to make a decision with someone that's more uh um intuitive and or like more of a gut instinct like it's almost hard for me to really mm-hmm. understand where they're coming from so like when it's broken down like that like it helps it it more so puts in a perspective how like you like a lot of people might not think the same way as you do and like this is why yeah and that's fine because for us, we need to feel it in our heart and like know that's the right decision. But then other people are ch- like either really thinking logically. That also rubs me the wrong way sometimes because I'm yeah. like, okay, it's not always all about logic. Like, yeah, logic is important. I do believe there's a place for it. But I think so much with my heart and how I feel in certain moments. So, and I imagine people feel that with us too, honestly. They're probably like, where did you guys come up with that? And we're like, we just felt this way. But it really is useful to realize and like reaffirm people think differently. Vivian and I are the type of people that will make things more difficult for us to make it easier on someone else, like oh, all yeah. the time. And like, we, like, we would like literally, we'll, we'll be fine with it too. Like, we'll like be discussing maybe something that like, t- that like maybe one of the other person is like having to figure out or work out. And of course we're supporting one another because we're the same personality type and we're like, oh yeah, that makes more sense. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like do it this way. But like, I guess if someone else were to like hear this conversation that was more of like, um, like the loyal, like, you know, more logical thinking, like they would disagree with us so much. Right. And like not understand like where we're coming from. So it's really funny. Like when it's like broken down like that, mm-hmm. how um, differently everyone thinks about things. Yeah. And even with the self-sacrifice piece of it, like we give into that too. Cause even if someone is telling us like, Oh no, it's not that way. We're like, okay, you're right. Even if like deep down in our heart, we're like, no, I believe this to be different. But I think so much of that, which I find so interesting with the self-sacrifice is also, and I don't know if other people agree with this. So I'd be really interested in our, to like DM us, let us know if this resonates, but with some of the, um, the norms for type two is around always being willing to help other people and self-sacrifice. That's like so cultural to us too. Like as women, as being in a South Asian culture, like we all witnessed a lot of women in those kind of roles, self-sacrificing. And that was what was praised. So I think for me, yes, that's so much of my personality, but I also sometimes wonder like how much of that was shaped by my environment. That's such a good point because like, even for me, yeah, like I agree, like with our culture, it's like almost not only an expectation, but like, it's like, oh yeah, it's the norm that like a woman in a South Asian household, like will always help out, like, you know, be the first in the kitchen, like to clean up, like more so than the the men. So 
I guess also it would be interesting to hear like a male's perspective, maybe having the same personality type. Um, and also like South Asian and not South Asian. Totally. And I, cause how much of it is cultural. And then also for both of us in our own ways, cause I was an old, I, I am an oldest child. So there comes with this responsibility and like the self-sacrifice wanting to help. And then we also discussed in our, with our siblings, I mean, you're the middle child. So like, you're usually the one that's like, kind of like, okay, let's just help both situations. Let's figure <laughs> this out. And so when I even reflect on our own childhood, because Ravish and I really grew up together. So that's what I think is also really cool about when we reflect on these kind of aspects of our personality is I can like, ref- I can like recall and like what Ravisha was like when, you know, she was like 11 and like where she is now. But I think one of the cores of that is that we've always had those kind of personality types. Yeah. That's like something that's kind of hasn't shifted at all. Like that's kind of our core. Yeah. Yeah. I found it to be funny. So I, I, we can link this article too, but there was this article about the different types of things that Enneagrams talk about in therapy. Like what are your emotional wounds? And that, that, that I tend to reach and we were like, oh my gosh, that is so us because for it, it was, it was about self-sacrifice. And so the quote with it is, I must put my needs on the back burner so I can earn love through selfish, selfishness and generosity. And uh, this other part from it is the two learned to not ask for help, not assert their own needs and to give others more than they gave themselves. In their quest for finding their worth, they often learned to stifle and repress their own desires. Their self-love became conditional upon their earning a sense of worth through taking care of others. This is like, and then it goes on about how they need, want to be needed by people, want to feel like they belong um, and how that they take on more in their homes to be able to ensure that the people around them take on less. So a lot of what they talk about in therapy is how to navigate their own self-worth, how to set boundaries, like all this stuff that Ravish and I, when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, that is us. Yeah. It's funny because like, that's literally like sometimes how therapy goes is like how to find my self-worth and not, like not from, um, people like, you know, giving me that validation because it's really crazy because like, I am like a type two, like we both are to the T, like we, um, have been, we both like seek validation from like the people around us, like so much. And like, like from childhood to now, yeah, like we were like, not like, like, yeah, goody two shoes, but like definitely always wanted to be the favorite in the class. Like, wanted to be the most liked among our friends, like that type of stuff. And like how we did that was by like always like being there for like our friends and like others and like our family members and making sure like at the, like a f- you, we can be a phone call away and like we would jump to help, like those kinds of things. Like that's definitely like something that we've carried into um, our adulthood. Totally. And it's like, have you like heard that song? My friend, Ravisha knows this friend. Her name is Allie. She sent me this song um, about each Enneagram type and it's about type two. Have you heard it? Like, it's just, it's called like a last two. No, I don't think so. Oh my gosh. I pulled it up. I'm going to play you just like one minute of it. It's, it's a really short song. It's like two okay. minutes, but okay. it will warning. I mean, the first time I listened to it, I cried. So Oh, no, Ravisha <laughs> on the spot. It's so good. I'm gonna play it again. We won't play the whole thing, but it's called a last two. Um, for you, all of you who's interested, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play it because this really dives in, like it kind of like hits on what we just talked about. 
Can you hear it? Yes. so good that's really good yeah I'm like a little emotional too hearing it yeah it was really and I, and I think that's why Enneagram test can be so moving because you feel seen by them like in ways that you know like sometimes we can't even put like w- like words to how we feel as people but then you hear songs and you see these tests and you know they can really put things into perspective and feel like we're not alone but yeah I mean that you all should listen to that song and I'll, I'll text it to you Risha, after, but cause I only played like an, a minute and a half of it, but it's just really like, even with the, like, you know, give it like taking the oxygen off of you to be able to give it to another person. And then like, you're tired. And it's just like those kind of things. I was actually telling this to Ravisha yesterday because she was just, Oh my God, my body's exhausted. My mind's exhausted. I mean, Ravisha has been needing to nap like every day after work. And I'm like, girl, you are exhausted. It's like, and we talked about this in a previous episode, but Risha's like such a good friend. She has so many friends. She does things for everybody. And I'm just like, of course you're exhausted, right? Like you're giving so much to people and that's just your nature. And I get that. And I can say that too, because I have been in that position because I know it's my nature too, that it's like on those times where you're like, I'm so exhausted or I just keep napping or I don't know what's going on. It's like, that's your mind's way of, and your body's way of being like, you're giving too much. Yeah. And that's why I can appreciate Divya so much as well, because like, even in that conversation that we we're having yesterday, I was just like telling her how I was feeling. And then she was like, you need to like, cool it a little bit. Like, you know, like you're really tired. And like, I think like, if anyone else like told me that, like, my, again, I'd be defensive and get mad. But like, I knew that she was coming from like a good place. And like, I needed to hear that because like, I think that sometimes, and Divya does the same, that like, we we can be so much on autopilot of it just being go 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 that like we don't really think about how we're feeling until like it gets so bad when your body's like you know physically telling you to slow down you know like you can get sick or you know you're maybe having frequent headaches or like you know things like that like physical things that like are showing you that hey like you need to slow down like you're doing way too much um and yeah like what Divya said like sometimes when like you take like these personality tests and like 
you see how like you are defined in a way it makes you feel less alone and like helps you understand that like oh like you know I'm not I'm not by myself in this mm-hmm. yeah and then it just gives you the sense of in the world that like again like you just said perfectly like you're not alone but it also lets you like for me when I read that I'm like okay this is valid for me to feel this way because sometimes I'm like oh I shouldn't feel this way or I know shaming yourself or feeling a certain way is never helpful but that's one thing that comes up with Enneagrams too, with our type is that, um, I'm pulling it back up on the article is that the way you feel under stress for, so for the types eight, nine, and one, it's rage. And then for so the people who have gut feelings, right. Instincts, you feel rage for the ones with the heart feelings, like what we are, the two, three, and fours, it's shame. And then for the types of like thinking logic, five, six, seven, it's fear. And so I think we have like a double whammy with it because already we feel that kind of shame for being like, oh, I feel this way. But then on top of us for like our personality types and it comes up for both of us. We feel a lot of shame, especially when under stress, like I should have been able to do this, right? Like I should be capable of dealing with all these things. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And like, I think again, like when, when it's put in like word form, like, oh, like feeling this way under stress is shame. Like, oh, I'm like, oh yeah, that's 100% me. And it's nice to know that like, it's not just a me thing. It's a whole personality type thing. It just, yeah, like the way it makes you feel is just less alone. Exactly, yeah. And then also I think getting to know your friend's personality types, that can also be a way to connect with them. And it's pretty cool because like we said, it can help you understand each other more. And then also to learn for them, right? Like when they're under stress, do they experience like rage, shame? Do they experience fear? What ways do they think? And, you know, personality tests aren't, and I know that's our next topic that we're going to dive into. So I'm not going to give too much now is like personality tests are a way that we connect with ourselves in the world, but, and, and they're used in a lot of different like psychological settings, but there's not too much like evidence behind it. Right. So like, it's just that people have been doing it to really find a way to connect with each other, connect with themselves. And I'm like, Hey, if that works, then it's serving us. And let's keep looking at these personality tests. Like it doesn't have to have a ton of evidence for it to be meaningful. Yeah, like, um, again, like, there's, like, so many different psychologists in the past, and they all have come up with, like, some type of their own, like, personality tested. And, like, um, in school, we obviously, like, took, like, every single one of them. And I would I would say, like, the common theme would be, like, you're still get being somewhat defined in the same way. But, like, the way that you take, like, the test is, like, what's different, like, what these psychologists put together. And, um, ultimately though, the results usually were like the same, you know, um, like the same kind of theme. So like, that's also like, yeah, not much backed up by evidence. And like, there's so much like, again, research and history there, um, that you can like do a Google search on, but it's the common theme is that like, you'll, you'll see that your personality is somewhat defined in like the same way every time. I mean, before we get, I guess, into the psychology or like the more like the psychological aspect and evidence of testing, do you want to maybe go quickly through what the childhood wounds or what each Enneagram type talks about in therapy? Just so like the listeners, if they know the Enneagram type, they can see if it relates to them. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so let's dive into it. And again, this is going to be in the show notes. So if you're more curious, then check that out because I'm just going to be giving what the 
quote unquote wound is emotional wound and then also a quote that's there but there's a lot more good information on the article so if it resonates read to go and read that so the childhood wounds for every enneagram type the type one is self-judgment so quotes that goes with that is i must strive to follow the rules be responsible be reasonable and catch mistakes before others do and that's a perfectionist right so that kind of makes sense with that and then the Enneagram type two, which we said is self-sacrifice, which is I must put my needs in the back burner so that I can earn love through selfishness and generosity. Type three, which I know is the achiever because Ravisha and I actually, fun fact, we didn't dive on that, but we are two wing three. So there's like wings too, which is like you are a core of what you're per, like the, for us, our core is a two, but then you can take on a wing, which means you take on some of the personality traits of that. So wing, so three is achiever. So that's how I know that. So Enneagram type three is the achiever and that's rejection of the core self, which is I must hide my insecurities and feelings with successes and accomplishments, then I'll be worthwhile. The type four is rejection of identity, which the quote for that is I can't be too functional or happy because nobody will see me for who I am. Type five is rejection of intimacy, um, which is it's not okay to get too comfortable. I must develop mastery in a subject to survive. Type six is rejection of trust, which is it's not okay to trust myself. I won't be safe until I find someone or something to trust. Type seven is absence of nurturing. So it's not okay to depend on anyone for anything. If I stay distracted, I won't feel my grief. Type eight is rejection of childhood. And that's it's not okay to be vulnerable and trust anyone. If I'm totally self-sufficient, I won't get hurt. And type nine is rejection of their voice, which is it's not okay to assert myself or my needs. If I don't rock the boat, everything will be okay. Thanks for reading that, Divya. Um, I feel like if you were listening along, you might like maybe resonated with some of those quotes that she read or like, you know, it might could be multiple of those quotes that you resonated with. So it's like really interesting how like your childhood self also kind of develops and that shapes your personality and it's like brought on to adulthood. Yeah. And that these wounds that we have can be carried through our, I mean, through our life, obviously we don't have to like live with them forever, but you know, things like therapy and just like self-reflection that can all be really helpful. And even just like understanding our own friends and family's types, it can maybe help you understand their wounds. Like I know, for Raj, he's a type nine and a wing eight or type eight wing nine. I know it's like both of those, but the eight and nine really resonated with him on the ways that it's not okay to assert myself and my needs. If I don't rock the boat, everything will be okay, which is kind of ironic that for both of us, it's around our needs and like not asserting our needs, which definitely comes out in our relationship. But, you know, even just reading that for him, it makes me understand and have more compassion for what he he can go through too. And so I think that can be helpful in understanding that with our friends and family. Yeah, because like you and Raj have like talked about how like different you guys are and how like you um, do things differently sometimes and think think in like completely different ways. Like you said, he's more logical. You're more so like on the emotional side and like you've done a lot of work on to try to understand him and he's done a lot of work to understand you better. And I think that's what's also really nice about these personality tests is because again, there's like a definition for how one person like thinks or does things. And when you have that definition in front of you, it's almost like, okay, so like, this is how I can better understand Raj in like this way. And then he can do the same. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's like so interesting when you read them because even when I look at this type eight, you're gonna understand this one for him too. That it says it's not okay to be vulnerable or trust anyone. If I'm totally self sufficient, then I won't get hurt. And that's like so him. Like even sometimes you're just like, what is he feeling? I'm like, I am trying to figure it out. I know it's really funny, and like, like I said, we like do this on like our free time like talk about like these personality stuff like we'll talk about like our siblings or like maybe someone at work like be like oh yeah like such a type whatever and then like discuss it because you know it's like like it's just like we're it's like lighthearted, but it's also like funny at the same time I don't know like that's how I see it and I think that's why honestly people love these personality tests because let's be real a lot of people really getting like really vulnerable and deep is so scary for most people and personality tests it kind of is like that it like flirts the line of getting vulnerable while still being humorous so people are able to be like okay like I can read this personality test because I'm kind of getting vulnerable, but not vulnerable enough that this is going to be like, I'm too in my feels. So I feel like, especially for our society, it's this perfect way of people just trying to understand themselves in a way that's like, okay, I'm trying to understand myself, but I'm also keeping it at an arm's length. Yeah. And like, if you're also the type of person that's interested about like history and people of the past, like you can look up like what like famous person, each personality type was, or like, you know, how they would define them and stuff too, which um, I like history a lot. So (laughs) that's something like, you know, I would do. (laughs) So just putting that out there, you can also look that up. (laughs) That can also be a new hobby of yours. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, let's dive into maybe about personality tests on how they're used in therapy. Like, because I know that's one thing we wanted to talk about in terms of therapy and a little bit more of like the evidence behind personality tests. And I remember when I had taken, it was my career counseling class because in like when you're doing it there a degree in any type of like therapy or like psychology, you have to do it in career counseling too, because like I'm a mental health counselor, but you could also be a career counselor and work at a school. So we had to take some classes on that. And that really dove into the personality test because a lot of people use that in terms of understanding like your career goals and like your career strengths and such. And so personality tests are really part of big part of that field. But in terms of therapy, like we don't use it that much because honestly, like I said, even earlier, there's not like too much evidence behind it. Like, I don't know. Did you hear the, or do you know the story of the Myers-Briggs test? Uh, I'm not sure. It was literally written by like a mother and her daughter. Like they just- Yeah, Yeah. they like it for fun. And so, you know, maybe we could make our own personality test, but that just shows with that, right? But I mean, they hit the nail on the head with it. It's pretty, it's pretty good personality test in the way of like, oh, we're all looking to feel validated and seen by something. And I'm not saying it's super off the mark because it is for me, but it kind of just shows that there are personality tests and tests, yeah, that have like more research behind like, oh, there were like studies done on it. But I think just also the development of experiments has grown into like, from when I'm sure the Myers-Briggs was, was done, but it's just interesting to think that like they actually don't have a lot of evidence behind it. Yeah, I feel like developmental psychology is like constantly evolving and changing as well. And like, as much as that, like they use um, studies from the past and stuff, like there's a lot more studies going on, I feel like now as well to like maybe like define more things. And so, I mean, yeah, like we've said, like take it with a grain of salt, right? How much do you um, like take, these personality test series thing stuff. I mean, like BuzzFeed, which is like a popular website that a lot of people go on for like, even like new stuff. Like they constantly have those quizzes on like, oh, like which character, like from Mean Girls are you, right? And then- What type of cheese are you? 
Yeah. And that like it'll have and it's like it's you can define that as a personality test, right? Because like the questions that they'll ask is like, okay, like choose between these four options, like what's your ideal, like, I don't know, like place to go to dinner or something like that. I obviously have taken a lot of these quizzes, so I know. Um <laughs> but like yeah, like there's like a spectrum of personality tests out there. And I think like I, our theme for basically what they are is like to make you feel less alone. And like, it's more of a definition of sometimes like if we're trying to define yourself in some way. Totally. And then, you know, that they serve people in that way. And they, I mean, they serve me so many times in that way of feeling yeah. less alone. Like when I read, you know, when they have like the new seasons, they give out like, oh, each Zodiac's prediction. When I see the Aries prediction and it's like, you will be thriving. Like you will hit your goals. You will make new friends. I'm like, heck yeah. Like I feel so good. You know, like if that makes you feel good, that's okay. You can do it. And so, yeah, like you, you have to like take everything with like a grain of salt, knowing like it's not all totally like Val, like valid and like it, it's how you perceive it and stuff it's like what I'm trying to say is um exactly. as like Divi and I definitely believe in the Enneagram and like we really do feel like you know we're like type twos wing three like we heavily believe that and like someone else like who maybe is the same type or like similar may not believe that you know so it's how much you want to research into it and how much it helps you or doesn't help you yeah. Yeah. And it also feels nice with like I, the Myers-Briggs. I don't remember. So I'm an ENFP for Myers-Briggs. I don't know if you remember what you are for Myers-Briggs. Uh, we took no. that so long ago. I'm curious yeah. actually to see if it's different for me. I want to actually retake it because it's been 10 plus years since I've taken a Myers-Briggs yeah. test. So it might have changed. Um, but I remember when I first did it and I saw it was like, I don't know, something in the teens, like I think it was 16 or 18%. It was a decently high percent of the population were ENFPs and made me be like, oh my gosh, there are other people in the world like me. Just like that feeling too can feel really nice. And a lot of these personality tests come with, this is the approximate population that is, you know, a type two or an ENFP or whatever. And, and that can feel nice too, with even like feeling connected to the world. Yeah. And like, maybe for some people who like are struggling to make friends, if they like move to a new city or in general, um, looking for like a different friend group and stuff, like, honestly, like maybe even just like putting it out there that you're this type of personality type, like that can attract like people that you get along with and stuff and understand them better. I know like sometimes in, um, some work, uh things that they they have people take these personality tests and kind of like pair them up in that way as well like on what projects to like collaborate on and whatnot um I've read about that so yeah like like I said like there's so many ways that you can connect with someone on based on these tests yeah it's such a good way to get conversations started too, or conversations of brewing <laughs> of course and like we like could we love this topic a lot too that's why we wanted to make an episode on it um just because like yeah like we're always like oh, such empaths we are like always thinking yeah. of others and like kind of making fun of ourselves sometimes with who we are but that's why we like in, uh, wanted to talk about it today because it's just like something about us that maybe a lot of people don't know that we like to discuss and um if you're interested in it we would love to hear like what your personal personality types are and um yeah, that'd be like really interesting to know who our listeners are. Totally. And like what you all 
are, what, if you think that even it resonates like this childhood wounds one or, or what are your wings? Like, yeah, feel like there are certain times in your life where maybe your Enneagram has come out more than others. Like all of that would be super interesting to hear about. So in our Instagram post that we make for this episode, we'd love to hear about that. Um, and yeah, I mean, what else, like if there are any other personality tests that you love to do or you drive with, I mean, Ravish and I are obviously always interested in diving into new personality tests. So if you have some ones that come up, we'd love to hear your recommendations. Yeah, definitely. We definitely will be taking them. Okay. Well, I guess on that kind of note, this gives everyone something to reflect on, on one, their personalities and two, their emotional wounds, which is a really great way that we love to leave a podcast episode. But with the humor of that aside, um, yeah, this was a really fun episode to do. I'm glad that we did it and I hope you all enjoyed it. Me too. Um, And just a quick note in general, uh, we released an, this a t- this is a Tuesday that we're recording on so we released an episode earlier today and like I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone that's been listening to our episodes um I think this is technically episode eight that we're recording right now and honestly I'm having a lot of fun with it and just to hear some of your guys's feedback um like the messages that we get and stuff it really means a lot to us um at first, I really thought like there would only be like five listeners, truly. And it's really, really cool to see like we have listeners like all over the world and how many of you are listening and stuff. And I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up because, yeah, I think that we should definitely open that kind of conversation more and have that gratitude. And I'm glad you said that, Ravisha, because I mean, you all don't even understand. Like there are times that Ravisha and I are texting each other and are like, oh, my God, this podcast got like. 15 listeners already like we would have just posted it and we really were doing this with the intention of just you know doing something fun together we both have a lot of passions in psychology and wellness and and self-development and we wanted to be able to channel that into a way that can help other people feel less alone because both of us felt really alone in a lot of our struggles and thankfully we had each other to lean on but we know not everyone has that space and that authentic space we wanted to create this and yeah, we're like in awe all the time. Like, honestly, we have at least one text message, like back and forth a day of like, wow, this is so cool. And I'm so glad we're doing it. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Because yeah, it's something we talk about a lot. And I really, really want to appreciate each and every one of you who's listening to this and supporting our podcast. And please give us feedback, what you love to hear, what you want to hear more about, because we really take all of that really seriously. Yeah. Um, When we like even get like any DMs, just like saying, thank you for sharing this or anything, anything like that. Like, um, you, you guys have no idea, but like, we have so much appreciation for that. Um, it means a lot because like, we know, like, we obviously know how hard it is to like content create and all this stuff. And like, um, believe it or not, like we do put a lot of work behind this, like the behind the scenes of this is actually kind of funny and messy. And so (laughs) it's like, you should see us on Mondays. I think that's when we're like the most, like we get kind of stressed and we're like, okay, got to make sure we do this, this and that before like our episode releases. And it's a lot of fun. And yeah, that's why I just wanted to say thank you so much. Thank you all. I so appreciate it. And yeah, please follow us on at Conversations Brewing on Instagram if you haven't already. So you can send us DMs, let us know your thoughts on the episodes. And then you can follow Ravisha and I too. I'm at Mind Matters with Div and Ravisha's at Raise with Ravisha. And on top of that, we will add all of the um, links that we talked about into the show notes. Okay. 
Sounds good. Oh my God, I see Kobe in the back. I know, it was really funny. I tried to like hold my laughter because like 10 seconds before this, do you see how we switched positions? For all of you who's not there, um, Kobe's in the background. Ravisha, do you want to take a picture of this and we can maybe post it on our Instagram story when this episode goes live so people can know what moment we're talking about? Yes, I will definitely do that. Because he looks so cute. Yeah, look at him sleeping. We're going to post this on our Instagram story on the day of the launch, uh, when it launches, this episode launches. But Kobe was sleeping in a different position. And then he just went into this position. And when he, like, switches positions, he groans a little. So he was like, <laughs> And so I heard that noise and I tried to not laugh. But Rubisha saw him. Okay. Okay, well... On that, you guys, we'll have another episode for you then. <laughs> All right, bye everyone. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.